Very excited to be chatting to this man, Sam Fisher. He's an Aussie expat, technically. You've heard him all over your radios. You know him for this one. Oh, this city's gonna break my heart. This city's gonna love me, then leave me alone. This city's got me chasing stuff. Joins us right now from over in the States. Sam, good morning. Yes, mate. How are you? But we're doing exceptionally well. Look, we're pretty stoked to have this single on the airwaves with Amy Shark, High on You, which is coming up in just one hit's time. Look, we love it. Obviously, at the station, we play a lot of music, a lot of international artists. It's pretty exciting when we get to put two actual like Aussies together. I want to know from a like actually making the music side of things, is it exciting to work with someone from where you're from as well? Of course it is. It's like, I feel like whenever Australians go traveling and... I feel like traveling worldwide is like quite a cultural thing that Australians do. Whenever you hear anyone out in the wild outside of Australia with an Australian accent, it makes you just want to like find them immediately. So uh, coming together with Amy, especially Amy, like she's such a, she's such an icon and a legend. Uh, It just, it just kind of works straight away. She's, she's just a really cool chick and I'm stoked to, you know, her being Australian is is an added bonus uh, to, to on top of being song. an incredible artist, of course. Exactly. Yeah. From a, also a looking at, I guess, behind the scenes perspective, how do because we talk about collaborations and you've done plenty of collabs in your time, Louis Capaldi, Tones and I, Keith Urban, amongst many others. How does the collab happen? Is it a you go, you write something, and you say, "Hey, I think Amy would sound really good on this." Is it an arranged marriage of managements behind the scenes? How does that even happen? Yeah, well, it, it happens all all of the above. Sometimes it's it's like a little DM on Instagram. Sometimes you write it in the room with another artist. Uh, this one, we uh, I wanted an amazing female artist on it, and Amy. I've been a fan of Amy's for forever. We have similar personal stories as well mm. as career stories, and just being at it for a long time before things took off and. I just thought she would sound absolutely incredible on it. So we sent it over to her team. And the story goes that Amy told me was that her manager, Shane, was playing it. She was in the studio and he was next door and he was playing it. And she heard it and popped her head in and was like, what the hell's that? And uh, Shane was like, oh, it's a new Sam Fisher song he sent over. He wants you to jump on it. And she was like, yeah, right, done. So. You know, sometimes it's really romantic. Sometimes it's just a bish, bash, bosh, and off you go, you know? It's exciting because you talk about having similar stories, and I think a lot of artists who have come up, there's a million and one different ways it can happen these days. You know, you do have like almost a, uh, the reality shows. We've got Oz Idol that's coming back at the moment. People can get discovered on TikTok. YouTube's obviously a big factor. Looking through how you sort of come to be, and obviously you've almost taken, you've gone all sorts of routes to get to where you are. I was reading about how you were accepted into the Berkeley College of Music. In a world right now where there are so many different ways to, I guess, be, uh, I don't, using the term discovered feels weird, but where people can, you know, finally hear you. Is there still a place for that sort of old school foundation of music? Do you think that is still important out there for musicians? Um, education in general is is obviously very important. Music education is great. They have an understanding of like the craft for sure. But at the same time, you know, I, some of the best artists in the world never went to university. Mm. Some artists got a degree and like, I don't know, didn't didn't Scissor go and get, wasn't she about to become like a, a maritime but some sea scientist or whatever. I didn't know that. That's like, incredible. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think right now the climate is pretty hectic and there are a lot of artists getting a shot. Um, what's happening now, I think, is people are falling in love with like a 10-second clip on TikTok mm. and kind of stopping there. And I think it'll be interesting to see where we're at in like five to 10 years and who's still around, who's who's not, um, and what songs are still around. But I'm I'm grateful for the education that I had. I will say that I thought when I went to college, went to Berkeley, that I was going to learn all about the music industry and that I would come out of it and just yeah. know what to do. I would say music, getting music degrees, and I have specifically, I have a songwriting degree, which right, is sure. Um, but you don't need a degree to write songs. Uh, it was more just because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but I, I think music education is more the like science of music as right. opposed to like music industry. Because I tell you what, when I got out of university. I had no idea what to do, how to break into the music industry. Uh, and it was a lot of right time, right place. Mm -hmm. I always say that luck is preparation meets uh, opportunity and timing or whatever that equation is. I was trash at maths. Um, but, you know, uh, so I don't know. I don't think there's like a, a right way. Maybe the old way still exists. Discovery right now seems to be solely focused on TikTok. Yeah. So hopefully the world can like move on from that because it's making it very difficult to be an artist. Uh, but, you know, I'm grateful for the success that I've had. And obviously TikTok helped me a lot. Um, I didn't do anything to make that happen, but it did. You talk about how you obviously you learn your music theory and I guess, you know, the aspects that, you know, put together a song. Are we seeing... Yeah perhaps inadvertently with these 10 second TikTok songs that you talk about, is there actually music theory going into these little songs? We've got to have a hook here. We've got to have a very catchy beat. We've got to keep a very specific BPM. Is there inadvertently a lot of science going into what is these flash in the pan artists? Yeah, of course there is. <laughs> I think in order to like, I think in order to be able to like craft a song, you have to know, you have to know some, something mm. about music. Um, but I, uh, I definitely think education is important. Will I say it is the the be all, the ends all? Will it provide you a career in music? Absolutely not. I think uh, I don't know. Like it's so it's so random. I mean, case in point, look at Billie Eilish. Mm. Like she had her first hit when she was like twelve. You know, I'm pretty sure she was homeschooled, which is still education, but it definitely wasn't like you're going to music school and you're no. going to learn your scales. And no songwriting degree. You know exactly. <laughs> Exactly. God drag me. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's just, I think that uh, anything is possible right now. I, the, honestly, people are learning how to write songs from watching other people do it on TikTok. Mm. Like the amount of hacks that I've learned just in life from being on TikTok. So I don't know. There isn't one right way to do it. I think songwriting is totally subjective and that's what makes this industry kind of just tough as tough as it is because you know there aren't necessarily any like i don't know as i said i was gonna say any bad songs but like come on there are some bad songs um <laughs> but like i just think that uh music and the music industry being so dependent on people's opinions mm. um you know 
uh, ahead of a record label could wake up one day, be in a bad mood and hear a song that might not be a great song, but it fixes their mood. And they go, I want to sign that person and make them the priority and blow them up. Or the alternative could happen. They could wake up in a great mood, hear an average song, be like, next. Like, you know what? A fun story is I was with um, the head of Arista, David Massey, who gave Delta Goodrum her first record deal. Oh, right. And I asked him, how did you how did you know Delta was was it? Like he's he's English, lives in America, Delta's Australian. And he said that he was given a list of new artists names and he was going down the list yep. and he saw Delta Goodrum and he thought that's a superstar name. Yeah, I mean, that, it sounds good. Yeah, why wouldn't you give it a try? That, of course. You know, and that was how that was how Delta was discovered by a massive record label. Like, isn't that insane? Makes me feel bad just having like a very boring. My name's Nick. Like, you know, I'm not gonna get. I need. Oh, I can change it. Go stage names. Mate, my name is Sam. There's Sam Smith, Sam Fender. My last name's Fisher. There's already a Fisher. I'm pretty sure that's a DJ in Australia. <laughs> so like, you just. You run with what you got and you hope you rise above. And I've just been, you know, you're on the radio. So am I in a way. So like, yeah, look yeah. at us, we're doing it. Thanks again for your time this morning, Sam, mate. We appreciate you. are a legend. And this song is amazing. We're very excited to have this one on the radio at the moment. You can catch it wherever you stream your music. Get on the listener app as well if you're streaming the station. Sam Fisher and Amy Shark, high on you. Cheers, mate.